Uh, yeah. Well, next time I'll, I'll make one that fades out next time. But the point is, now I have less shit to edit. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to talk about uh, some shows. Two shows, really. A couple so of shows. We went to a, a super, uh, like, all Prague and Prague adjacent uh, show. And then last night we went to a new music show uh, with a guy I went to college with. And so, first of all, uh, Protean Collective, who I'm sure we've mentioned before, uh, was playing at Drom on Avenue A, which is uh, conveniently located. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to tell people exactly where we live. <laughs> Close um, enough. Right, right. Uh, it's convenient, shall we say. We live somewhere cool. We live somewhere cool and convenient. And uh, we'll talk more about that in our upcoming Gent album. <laughs> about this great neighborhood we live in. Uh, oh, yeah, I got to do, I got to, there's got to be a song about how the projects are across the street. Because I got projects, like, literally across the street. Well, didn't this? Right, this used, used to be, be projects, projects, but now it's, like, luxury projects? Luxury, luxury projects. Well, that's highly appropriate. Projects for white people? Exactly. And then across the street, though, there are still real projects. So I got to write a song about that. Um, so yeah, so we saw, uh, so Drom used to just be this bar. I mean, I, I remember going no, there yeah, years ago. Yeah, it used ago. to be the Rook. Okay. Right. So you, you would, uh, you walk downstairs. So it's on A, right? Yeah. It's on A, like at like fifth and six or sixth, yeah, something like that. And, um, right. It used to be the Rook. It was this, it's this bar that's off the street. Like you walk down stairs and then, yeah, we were there all the time. And now where the bar was is basically just coat check mm. and then behind that is where they have a bar and a stage and it's like a decent sized stage yeah and the room's pretty big and the ceiling the ceiling's like all goes all the way up like it's because again you you walk down the stairs so you're below street level the ceiling in in the backstage part is is like as if you had both that lower level and the actual street level yeah. room as well. It's really high. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty good in there. Yeah. We you also, know, when, the, when the sound guy decides to plug everyone in. Yeah. We also saw that. Uh, we also saw Ghost Note there on a previous episode. Uh, with which Mono was, Neon. With Mono Neon, which is the uh, snarky puppy side project. So same venue, uh, a couple days apart. Um so yeah, so so Protean uh, Collective was playing with uh, here. I got the lineup. Um, were they they were called like Earthside or something? I don't even remember who these bands were. No, Earthside was one of the leprous ones. Oh, see, they were the ones with the some other projector, some other prog band. Uh, okay, so I I can remember these bands. Uh, Highly memorable. The first band, okay. I don't remember the name of the first band, though they oh, were the I, least. They were. They seemed the least related. They seemed to be sort of uh, an addition. No, I remember the name of the first band. Okay. The first band was the Sea Awake. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, yeah. they have a yacht <laughs> name. Right, right. Uh, and they had, uh, okay. So they had like um, the one girl who who did like backing vocals mostly i called her all gray everything <laughs> because because she had she had that like gray she had that gray stretch dress yeah and then she had the macbook oh right and yeah so Wait, was she, like, I was gonna, she was on macbook and <laughs> some sort of controller and vocals yeah she had like um it looked like a, maybe like a little nord controller or something but yeah. i i don't know yeah it was uh yeah all gray everything and then um the vibe I got from them was that it was their first show. Like they'd never yeah. played a show before. So it was her, then those two like hipster dudes. The one like wasn't wearing shoes, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. the guitar player singer guy. And then I guess the other guy played bass, right? Yeah. And then the drum I don't really remember anything about the drummer. I don't either. But they had they were like super lame pop rock. I guess, I guess like indie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Indie rock. Like, I mean, obviously that's a, that's a dangerous term. Right. Because it it's nothing. Right. Because it's the, it actually means something, literally means something other than what people 
expect it to mean, right? Yeah. It also literally means something non-musical. It, it basically right. is like saying. your like your business affiliations, which right. it also is, doesn't isn't true since <laughs> most of that stuff's indie, on majors. Yeah, and indies became majors, and like yeah, well, yeah. well so yeah, so they were like really lame indie rock, um, and it was like it, it seemed like it was the first show they'd ever played, yeah. and the dude couldn't really sing and the girl wasn't great but it was really bad when they would both sing at the same time yeah because they couldn't like they couldn't couldn't find a pitch together yeah and she would she kept doing that thing that singer thing where it's like plug your ear like you're finding the pitch <laughs> yeah, right. and you're like it's, it didn't help I mean, you're like well, uh, well they maybe it was helping and it would have been even worse had she not done it but i was just like uh you need to do you really need to do something else yeah. um oh yeah that's right so okay so i did now i remember right it was the guitar player who bizarrely was playing a seven string guitar despite the fact that they were they were like this indie rock band and and he was the one who had no shoes <laughs> and nice. um yeah it was just that was it i mean that's basically yeah. their whole set yeah it was like there was there was a moment where i thought maybe they thought they were somehow prog related because there was like one little thing where they did some little like gent 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 with well like, the but fact it could have just had been a five string bass and a seven string yeah, guitar yeah. so like maybe that somebody that bands kind of into prog or something and so they're like you know slightly prog influenced indie or something prog adjacent yeah yeah prog adjacent. <laughs> well most prog is prog adjacent or at least progressive adjacent a great or adjacent to progress adjacent to progress uh, uh parallel AKA. prog Ooh, parallel prog it's like you know you're just kind of sticking it's with like the that, same thing it's like and, that fates warning album <laughs> yeah you'll be like oh yeah is that like a fates warning thing yeah yeah you're parallel definitely to the ground parallel to <laughs> music that is going somewhere wait no because that would be going self right still going I, somewhere that's why i was saying parallel to the ground yeah they're orthogonal to music that's going <laughs> somewhere <Yes. laughs> i mean math's like a pretty proggy thing right oh definitely okay so um, they'll be down with that now i don't i still don't remember the names of any of the other bands okay i i, I have those okay uh but so, so protean was next okay um and uh they're a legitimately good band. They're legitimately very good band. So um, I went to I went to school with with them, uh, but just you know, despite that, the thing. So their first album is called Divided, and uh, I really hated it. And I and I told them, and I was like, <laughs> "Hey, your album really sucks." And then, so when they put out the other one, the next one, which is the last one, I guess, which it came out, the I red guess, and the gray, two and a half years ago now. Yeah, the red and the gray. I was like, this album rules. I was like, this is like album of the year. And you know, I'm not just saying that because we're friends. Because I told you how much your last album sucked. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, yep. Uh, and so, yeah, so that was the thing. So during the set, it was a really good set. But they played some song that I didn't recognize. In a, and it's one of those deals where it's like, did the does the first album just sound way better now that like when you play it live? Maybe, you know, maybe they changed the songs up a little bit. And then it yeah. turned out. No, it was it was a new song off an album we haven't heard yet, and I was nice, like, yeah. yeah. So they didn't play anything off that album, so I was like, this is a great, nice. this is a great set. Yeah, yeah, it was a good set. The uh, they sounded well. The weird thing with the sound was that they're running Axe effects and like like an active one by twelve cab each. Uh, there's two guitars. There's there's uh, Steph Goyer and um, Graham Batcher. Graham Batcher. So Graham's and, the lead singer, and he plays an uh, uh, Equilibrium by dave dave cohen in boston and then uh but he also plays he plays guitar most of the time and then steph's playing guitar all of the time and occasionally they all sing backup vocals yeah yeah and steph's doing most of like the lead stuff and um the so the guitar sounded good the thing was if when like, you could hear them right steph's like wasn't being either it wasn't being run at she said they didn't run no, it at right, all right no, that's the thing so they have because at first i just have, thought it was like buried right, in the mix or no, like right, they, they, messed ha- up a single they have axe effects and yeah. so they said to the sound guys they're like yeah so you can just take a di from us and he's like i'm out of channels and it's like what do you mean you're out of channels what? there's there's four people in this band yeah, and you don't if you don't need to mic their cabs right then... right he didn't mic any of their stuff and yeah. so it, but that's the thing you know it, what the, the, like that now that you mention that 
there's so much shit on that stage that's clearly like house gear mm-hmm. that some of that's probably just like plugged or like mic'd and even though he's not using it he's like yeah i can't like change any of the re-, you know like he's just like oh, i'm not gonna do work you know what i mean like yeah right but it's, it's like oh well i guess i'm out of chance like no you're not you're yeah, not using most of those well the other thing is uh, i don't know i it's been a long time since i've been in a venue that had a board that had fewer than 32 channels yeah and it's like come on you got four vocal mics they must have a, lot, a decent how, amount of channels there. how many on the kit look, look at ghost note how many right. people were in Ghost Note? There's right. like six or seven people in that band. Well, and so that the right that's the only explanation I can think of is he's like, well, the headliner sound checked, oh, and yeah. I've got all their stuff oh, plugged yeah. in. Right? But even then, still, like, dude, they a, had you should have some too. channels. And right, and the other thing is like, just move those lines for like. Oh, right. Plus, whatever. they were running Axe Effects, and they were in the mix for them. Yeah. So they were just like plug in the Axe Effects into the same channel that you're using for that guy's Axe Effects. Yeah, it was just um, right. Anyway, that dude just so, didn't want to do any work. So it was I, like a Sunday. So what I did personally is I moved five feet to my stood, left stood to right where I was in front him. of in front of Steph's cab, and I could hear. And then I was like, "Oh, this sounds awesome." Um, but yeah, all you could hear was the bass and the and the drum kit. Yeah. So that was unfortunate, but they played really well. They were they were super tight. Um, the only the only thing was so they're I, this bugs me. And we're gonna talk about this again. Is they were both playing wirelesses on like you know a tiny stage, oh, right? Yeah. So it's just one more thing to go wrong, <laughs> right? And of course it went wrong. Yeah. Uh, Graham's wireless kept coming out because he put it he put his guitar down for one song and like. But the wireless, the pack fell off his strap, which then like yanked the plug out of the guitar. And then there was a point in time where it was like he he had it plugged in, but like not on a strap. So it's just dangling. And then it came out like it was just one of those deals like, dude, just use a cable. Yeah. Like your amp is four feet away from you. Just use a cable. Uh, (laughs) So that was funny. But, uh, you know, whatevs. Yeah. They were really tight sounded really good and it was good to see it we got to hang out with them yeah it was a good time um so because of that we actually didn't watch a whole bunch of the next band which was eden song and it was actually their album release party uh or cd release party i mean it wasn't the headliners no release party no it was eden song oh um but I think the headliner might be like the most established, or they've maybe been around longest. What was I don't the know. name of the headliner? The again? headliner was Infinite Spectrum. Infinite Spectrum. Which uh, our friend Kaya is friends with the keyboardist, right? And she apparently joined them fairly recently. Yeah. And I think that might also be Kaya's old keyboard that she was using. Oh, okay. Um, and. Well, and, all, and so I guess that band's been around a while. She just joined it recently, and I wouldn't be surprised because the singer, I was like, you've been in this band or some band for a while. Well, the, well, the other thing was I watched one of their videos when I was trying to figure mm-hmm. out, like, how much of the show, like, how oh, I was yeah, going to yeah. budget my time that night. Right. And she wasn't in the band mm. in that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like... Yeah, I think like, it's very recent. They sounded way different with keys. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, I, it still wasn't good so yeah i actually don't remember eden song at all i only remember th- uh they had oh uh the the bass playing the hobbit uh and that's oh, not yeah, yeah, yeah. our that was his his, his, his title prog hobbit prog hobbit that's what this guy goes <laughs> which by. when we heard that we were like you said it you said it not <laughs> us oh wait you you, you want to call yourself that oh okay sorry i didn't because <laughs> he was like sort of you know uh, he wasn't like super short but he was kind of like you know, stock, stout, stocky. He was very Bilbo Baggins And he was very shaped. hairy. He had a beard. And yeah, yeah, he was very Bilbo Baggins shaped. And, and yes, it turns out he goes by Prague Hobbit. Uh, and they were a little bit like Renfair metal kind of thing. Like there's a little bit of that like, like, you know, it's like, it's not necessarily actually medieval music. It's sort of like vaguely referencing Renaissance music, but you know, without right. actually any, it's like, like how Ingve has nothing to do with classical music, <laughs> right. but everyone like seems to think it does for some reason. <laughs> yes. Uh, he noticed that they tend to, uh, resolve, uh, even in minor keys, they will use a major leading tone, which could also be called the harmonic minor scale. And he does that all the time. And people are like, that sounds like classical music sure it does you're like five one yeah it's really yeah 
it's happening. Yeah, cadences are super cool. So yeah, Eden's song, I didn't watch a whole lot. I just like popped in here a little. And yeah, I got that kind of Ren Faire, uh metal kind of vibe a little bit. Uh, but then, And then Infinite Spectrum... I will say though the Infinite Spectrum, their guitar player, there's this whole thing where like, like we got the same gear because he uh, and Steph uh, from Protein Collective both had uh, Kiesel, Aries guitars, and Axe Effects's, and I think both like some kind of active cab, um, but they ran him into the PA so you right. could hear him better. But which was unfortunate because yeah. he didn't I mean, sound as good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think his tone was okay. It wasn't like... Yeah, it, no, it wasn't like it wasn't one of those. Or... How did you make an X effect sound bad? <laughs> but it was... Well, yeah. well, the answer to that is just use the presets. <laughs> That's true. Although, no, but the thing is, some of the presets are all right. Like, yeah. at least they're like... At least like the first, you know, the... Not the fancy presets so much as the like, here's an amp dialed to a reasonable setting and a little bit of reverb and a cab that kind of matches it. Those are the ones, like, those are where you should be starting from, right? You start with those and then try not to make them sound <laughs> worse. That's, like, my move, philosophy. Move that, in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but they were weird. They were very, like, I don't know. It seemed like one of those things if you were into, right, like, folk metal or whatever. Like, those yeah. things that have metal appended to them but in no way, shape, or form seem to resemble metal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is a lot of what's called prog nowadays. Because I guess, like, at some point, yeah, like, mixing pro uh, metal with other stuff is kind of progressive. But if it's the same <laughs> stuff that a bunch of people have mixed it with, then it's kind of just, like, something else. Well, you know, it was, you know, adventurous to discover new lands. But once they were discovered, it was a little less adventurous to <laughs> yeah. go to them. And over time, it oh, then became good, not adventurous That's a at great all. metaphor. Uh it's like, oh, it's like Christopher Columbus music. You're trying to be like, this shit's super progressive. This Nobody's done this shit. Uh, 500 actually, years ago. Actually, there's these other bands who I'm pretty sure you listen to. and uh, Where maybe you got the maps where maybe from. You got, yeah, maybe that's whose map you used to get there. That's good. We got to make that into a thing. Well, that's all I got. On that show i think yeah i mean that was it i did not watch much of their set because i was like yep it's as yeah we did a lot I of not, i didn't think i wanted to watch this and i don't we did a lot of hanging out in the merch area i'm gonna go home now yeah oh, i had more fun talking about mcgruber <laughs> oh that's right because graham <laughs> graham graham's hair was was like it's you know he's that like I, i'm in a band length right yeah and i was like dude you could totally be mcgruber for halloween like you should be mcgruber and he was like yeah. oh yeah and steph's like what's mcgruber oh yeah yeah <laughs> so then we had to explain we were like, oh, to steph her. we're gonna change your life we we're like uh why don't you listen to true survivor while you're at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i so i think that would be a good halloween costume though is the mcgruber uh, causing a distraction with the celery in his butt, right? Because because right. you would just be naked and like holding <laughs> your celery the entire your night with a stock of celery, and you just hop around, and you wouldn't be able. Like everyone, here's how this is why it would be such a great costume. Because a the immediacy of it, yeah. But b you can't even control your drinking. Like someone has to like has pour to a drink yeah. because you're holding your junk. So you're just like. And then if like if somebody starts to kind of give you shit about the costume, they're like, it's not it's not really cool, you know, whatever. Then you just go into that uh, where he starts like when they basically are like, you're off the case, McGruber, and tries to like beg them. And he's like, just tell me who to fuck. Because he's basically like, you can fuck me, whatever you want. Fuck goes, you can fuck me or I'll fuck you. Or just tell me who to fuck. And that's what you start reciting that when they're like, hey, man, I don't think this costume is cool. Like, hey, whatever you want, man. Just tell me what to, just tell me who to fuck. That's the, that's the other. Right. No, but that whole bit opens with, he goes, he's like, I was suck your dick yeah that's right. he's like he's i will like, suck your dick and he's like what he's like or, or you know i or I, I will fuck you or you can fuck me or, yeah. whatever you are just tell me just tell fuck. yes oh, that bit. Uh, I, gotta watch uh, I forgot about that scene we yeah. should just uh we should do like a rich tracks we should just watch my group just have an episode where we watch my group yeah <laughs> 
right. So, uh, so the show we started last <laughs> night, I, I brought up the stuff so I have all the like pertinent information, uh, is a group called uh, The Living Earth Show. Uh, it's basically San Francisco-based ensemble uh, that is essentially... Um, I'm trying to find the other dude's name. Why not, where are the names of the people performing the show? <laughs> uh, he doesn't have a name. He's just like percussionist X. What the hell, National Sawdust? So it was at National Sawdust, which apparently is really is is known for exactly this kind of yeah. National Sawdust. Thing. It, so it's on the same block in uh, Williamsburg as Music Hall of Williamsburg, and where. Uh, Black Bear was before it got shut down after that Nazi show. <laughs> and uh, um, it's like they mostly just have bizarre new, that's NU with an umlaut music. Um, and this was definitely, you know, in their wheelhouse in that it was bizarre new music. The best was, so when we we, we were out front, waiting for somebody and um the guy the two randos walked up and like asked the door guy like what was going on or like they maybe they're looking for they were looking to eat actually and he's like yeah we got food he's like but this is a venue there's like we're having a show tonight and they're like what kind of show is it <laughs> and instead of just being like uh it's stuff that people question whether or not it's actually music he was like i wish i could remember what he said yeah because they were all things really... that were like technically true but very misleading yes he was like it's music right. uh it's seated Right. Uh, right, they, and, right. No. Well, they, he said that because the they were like, "Can we dance?" It was yeah, a couple. Yeah. It was a, it well, was a dude, a dude and his girl, and they were like, "Can uh, can we dance?" And he's like, "Well, it's a seated show." And I also think that might have been because they might have seen the actual the name of the album they were releasing. I think was dance music because oh, really? all the pieces in San Francisco they had like a dance group choreograph them or something like that. So they they were all meant for movement. Uh, and <laughs> so I think they might've been like, oh, you can dance to it. And it's like, uh, you can't, nobody's <laughs> going to stop <laughs> yeah. you, yeah. but, and we were like, yeah, you, oh yeah, you were like, right. we'll I, dance with you. I go, I yeah. go, I go, if you guys want to dance, we'll dance, but yeah. you have to start dancing first. Yeah. That's what I said to yeah. him. And then they were like, uh, and, I was, and, and, and they were kind of well, like, no, and then they were like, how much? He's like 25 bucks. And they're like, see ya. Yeah. We're like, you know, if you want to leave during it, just, you know, let it, just let everyone know it's part of the performance. <laughs> right. They won't be able to yeah, tell. They won't be able to tell. Okay. So, uh, so the living earth show is, uh, Travis Andrews who I went to the University of Wisconsin with uh, for guitar. And we had guitar ensemble uh, together, I think, a couple semesters. Uh, so he's a cool guy. And so that's how I heard about this. And I was like, I got to see this because uh, he's in San Francisco. And <laughs> so he's doing uh, a <laughs> yeah, cool guy. Uh, so he plays electric guitar. Uh, and there's a percussionist, Andy Meyerson. And so it's basically them. And then I think they'll sometimes bring in extra people. Like there was like a choir uh at this one and like i said they did like a thing with a dance group in san francisco um and yeah apparently like their their website comes up and it says taking it too far since 2010 <laughs> that's so, uh that's probably accurate yeah yeah so like well this was the, the thing I, I assumed just knowing travis is that you know okay so he's playing you know tell new, them how, new they, music. how the how the how the show was built Oh, right. That's important, too. Yeah. Right. So this is part very of it important is uh, it was billed as an extreme with three X's extreme microtonal shred fest. <laughs> so I, you know, I joined the Facebook group and I was like, you had me at extreme microtonal shred fest. Uh, <laughs> so what they do is they they actually commission works mostly like they they follow, you know, current composers uh, who they like. And then they commission pieces from them. And then I think every them. piece on this was from a San Francisco composer, though, right? I think, yeah, I think so. They, they said something said, about that. They said, it was kind of weird the way they said it, though. They go, all these composers are from San Francisco. And it's like, well, no, they currently live there. <laughs> right. Because, like, one of them was Ken Wayno, who's a friend of mine, because he went to Berkeley before I did. And he teaches at other Berkeley, at UC Berkeley. And I'm like, pretty sure Ken's not from San Francisco. Yeah. He lives there. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah so anyway you were saying 
yeah, so uh, um, the extreme microtonal shred festiveness uh, oh, right. of it. Yeah, so uh, that. Oh, I was gonna say, knowing knowing Travis, like I know that you know, he, even though he's playing new music, he's like aware of how people perceive it. You know, he's yeah. fairly self aware, so they're not gonna be like. Like, well, and, and it came through in the show, too. They were like, A, if from the beginning, they were like, all right, so uh, uh, you might enjoy this. You know, they <laughs> were very up. much like, yeah, buckle up. Uh, and like, uh, the, last, the last piece was uh, Fernie Howe, which we've talked about on the podcast before. And uh, apparently, the other thing I noticed from their bio was that they, they claims that they kind of made their name by memorizing Fernie Howe pieces and performing them, which is funny because when it came up on the podcast before, it was under the guise of why would you memorize? Why would you even yeah. learn or like practice this when uh, it's not? You could play a bunch of wrong notes and right. playing it wrong right. or right. Yeah, because it it's sounds just, more or less the same. There's no roadmap in Fernie Howe. There's yeah. he's there are no signposts. There's no roadmap. It's literally <laughs> just like, here's a page. It's almost black. <laughs> yes. Like, have at it. Uh, and, and he described it. Uh, oh, it, was the, it so even though I'm kind of going out of order, he announced it like, uh, so we love this piece. Or we really <laughs> like this piece. Uh, but, you know. He's, he, goes, you go. he goes, people have commented that it sounds like breaking stained glass and then trying to put it back together or a shreds video yeah <laughs> for those of you who don't know what a shreds video is they're like these things on youtube where people will they'll take a music video and then they'll re-record the song it's sounding like the most incompetent playing of it. Usually, it, like John Petrucci or Steve Vai, somebody known for being like a shredder. Right. Well, and, but it's all. But you also see it with like mega pop stuff too. Yeah. Like well, Taylor Swift. It, 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 it did. I think it, yeah. it got popular, and so they kind of kept yeah, doing yeah. it. Right. Know. But originally, right, it was like, right. um, like that. There's that video of the um, somebody redid the the John Petrucci instructional video, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, um, my amp it has the power of the sun. <laughs> yeah. He's like. And uh, plays million notes, and it will melt everything when I play. It's very dangerous. <laughs> Probably leave the playing to me, yeah. right? And then it's like, and then he plays the exercise. It's like, <laughs> and yeah, uh, which is a fairly good representation <laughs> of what that piece sounded like. Um, it, no, it really did sound like it a really shreds video, <laughs> really only did. much longer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, luckily, it was not the longest piece. Yeah, it was only like 10 minutes. Um, but no, the way they had structured the concert was weird because, I mean, it makes sense. So, so the first half were, were things that sounded like music, mm. like odd music, but still things that had sort of either a rhythm that was recognizable or a you know, chord progression or a melody or lyrics, right? Like elements of music like if you were to ask a you know just someone who had no study of music like what are the components of music and they'd probably be like uh chords melody rhythm and you're like yeah, yeah. those are so <laughs> these things had those things right yeah. including so the first piece was the was the piece with the chorus okay so i have the, the names and stuff so oh, okay so the first section okay so the first piece was wait first piece was said jacob cooper pastoring one although that wasn't the yeah, sing-along one, right? The first one was the um, was the was the like nursery rhymes, one. right? Which was uh, by Nicole Lise, family sing-along in Game Night, right? Featuring the Living Earth Show singers, so they had like a guest choir of like local people. Oh, that's the other thing. When we showed up, uh, and we we're we we're going to get seated, the guy said, "He goes, are you here for the performance or something?" And I go, and we're like, "Yeah." And then I was like, "Wait, what else could we be here for?" <laughs> right? Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Hold on." What else could we be here yeah, for? And he goes, and he goes, well, are um, some people here are, are in the chorus? And I go, well, we have a bunch of music degrees. Like, yeah, it's like we, we probably could, could, we could, we could probably <laughs> sing in this chorus. Like, what's up with that? He's like, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it to the prepared right. people. And, and technically, I was, I was in choir with Travis in college because the guitar players. I've talked about this before. Uh, you needed a 
big and big ensemble and small ensemble requirements. So small yeah. ensemble, you do guitar ensemble. Big ensemble, you can't join the orchestra. You can't join a jazz band and play classical guitar. You can't do shit. Right, so you have to do, you have to do choir, but you can't be expected to be good at singing because you're a guitar player. Yeah. So you can't be like have to do an audition one. So there's university chorus yeah. or as we like to call it idiot choir because <laughs> anyone in the university who's just like i like to sing and i was in choir in high school like that's what you join yeah. and there's like five uh guitar players in the back row of the tenor section <laughs> just like making jokes and just being disruptive jackasses the whole time and it was wonderful um <laughs> Well, and the other thing is we saw the chorus members rehearsing out right, front right, before the, yeah. but in the, at the time I didn't understand what was going on because they were rehearsing like row, row, row your boat. Right. And it was like, what the fuck? Cause they're like merrily, 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 merrily. And you're like, what is yeah. going on? So and a, then, and then it all became clear. <laughs> yeah. A big part of that piece was like them singing a fairly, you know, well-known song like that. And then kind of like, especially the drums rhythmically, kind of stepping out of time with it and and shifting and then almost becoming like a blast beat before going back to right, like yeah he kept doing this like double bass thing yeah where it was like i was like oh if that was just a little bit yeah. faster like, it'd, and it'd then be like yeah yeah but he there, didn't quite they get had there. mention of like using blast beats and shows before so i was kind of like not totally surprised by that but i expected them to go a little little further with it um but they also like the other i think the, the game night part is i saw travis with this little like game thing that well, would like well, pop he, up well they, he also had a, he had a simon right yeah it was the, and so they that was yeah, part of one of the things they, they was, was he played simon during the song so so he starts the game up and it's like boop and he's like boop and it's like boop boop and he's yeah boop, 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 but boop. but not but the thing is when he so the percussionist was the guy who was playing simon and then the guitar player would would duplicate the like response yeah but then there was a point where he like diverged and i don't know if that was because he gave up on trying to play Simon or if he actually has a part written because you oh, know yeah. the rhythm, right? right? Because the Simon and rhythm is just, notes. is just cumulative. Yeah. Right. So I didn't know if it was, he didn't want to play Simon anymore. Like maybe he couldn't hear it yeah. or if it was just like, he actually had a part written mm. like, yeah, but, but the, so the percussionist is sitting there playing Simon and then he's like, he's like <laughs> in the same time as if like playing yeah. something else. It was, that part was actually like very amusing. Yeah. Uh, and then he had this this one game that like he kept. It was I was confused because it, he was basically just setting it up. Which but oh, there so was there another was, game. There, there was a game at like Travis's feet next to his oh his, oh, uh, oh. His yeah I didn't eight. I didn't get it I didn't see it so yeah, I, I didn't I, know yeah. I just figured that was the MacBook I thought that no, was like he was, had it queued up I didn't yeah, realize he had was, another thing right okay. and it was like this thing that would like you know pop up with pieces in it so at first it had like one piece in it and he hit it and it popped up and it was miked. And then the most of the the rest of that section, he was like loading it, like putting the pieces in place, so that at the end when he hit it, they all popped up and went, you know, like, oh, like a bunch of pieces. See, I, I couldn't see that because I was behind yeah, you. Well, and it was because I was watching him do it because at the same time he was conducting the choir, who were basically just clapping, but yeah. he was kind of like doing this thing where like every couple measures he would signal them, and then they would do this like clap clap. And then he'd be doing it, you know, whatever the percussion stuff's doing. He's he's loading pieces, and then he's like conducting, clap clap. And I was so, but I was like, but he's not actually playing anything. He's just loading this fucking thing and trying to not miss the clap uh, direction. So, yeah, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I was like literally directly in my line of sight and right next to his like uh, pedal board. Uh, so I was I was watching that. Yeah, they did, they had a lot of cool ideas. Um, some, I mean, well, the people who wrote the pieces, mm -hmm. uh, execution quality varied. Yeah, I would say uh, the next piece was by Christopher Sarone. Uh, it was called Double Happiness. I'm not sure if I remember. This was the forgettable piece. Yeah, because it was just it again. It was kind of sounded like music and didn't have the chorus, and it didn't. The dude sang on the next one. This yeah. was like the middle piece. Wait, no, no. I think that was the one the dude was singing on because, uh, no, because the next one is is uh, the pork roll, the microtonal, the closest thing to an actual microtonal oh, shred wait, fest. So, so oh, this so, is the one so, the dude's singing. Okay, so so the first half only had two pieces. It, it had three. three pieces. It had three. There was one before the game night, which I think that might have been the forgettable because oh, I really don't okay. remember. Well, then that must have just been like the intro. I thought the, yeah, I yeah, thought that maybe. was one piece. It might yeah, maybe it was intro piece because oh, it's okay. it's got a credit as a piece, but maybe, oh, maybe that was the thing with the crowd noise. Oh, we forgot that. They, oh yeah, yeah. So they started off the show. They walked out to canned heat with canned heat, <laughs> and, 
And then as they were like announcing each other, they also like had a few more little cues with like canned uh applause and stuff and i was like that's a great idea for a second i was like are they stealing our idea of like we're, we're like you know gonna do a concert where we just play our podcast over the pa like um yeah so double happiness must have been the piece with the the vocalist okay yeah so that so my thing about that piece was so it's just the two of them and then this guy came up and sang and i couldn't tell if it was there weren't words, you know, because there's a lot of times you just have vocalizations. Right. They're not actually words. I couldn't tell if it was just vocalizations, if the words were in another language, or they were in English, and there was just so much reverb that there was no intelligibility. Yeah. Because it basically just sounded like... I think it was the latter. Because like, periodically yeah. I would be like, I think that's a word right. in English. But yeah, it wasn't really intelligible. So so that was that piece was the most like sounds like normal yeah. music. Uh, and it was just like it, it was it, it was very sound tracky, right? Because it was mm. very soaring music, and the and the you know the uh, like he was playing a pretty intricate drum part, but it was but it was straight, like it was you know mm. you could follow it, and 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 you know the uh, uh, there was harmony, right? Like <laughs> yeah. like it was it, it it worked, but right, I just, I didn't know what it I didn't know what it was about because I couldn't understand what the dude was saying, mm. yeah. So then it was like a little uh, break, and then the second part started with uh, the Ken Wayno part, uh, piece, uh, yeah. pork roll, egg, and cheese on a Kaiser bun. Yeah, so this was weird. So, like, okay, the thing, right, it has this ridiculous title, right? Yeah. And then... Which everyone laughed, and they was like, it's not really a funny piece. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, then, so then that's the thing, like, so it's, right, there's, not, there's nothing in the piece that's like like joyous or playful or anything right it's just like really intense and then near the end they start doing this thing where where they'll scream but, yeah but not like it's not like a black metal scream it's like a it's like a i just got shot in the leg scream <laughs> yeah okay and it goes from so they've been playing music and then the music's kind of winding down and they scream and then like the music stops and then they scream. And the thing was, the crowd, when they did this, kind of like laughed, like, because, at, like, in that context, if, like, someone's just like screaming, you're, it's kind of, it's funny, right? Yeah. But knowing Ken, I'm pretty sure that's not what he was going for. Cause he's like this really intense dude. Yeah. Like, he always has this look on his face, like, he's like thinking really hard about something. Mm. And I'm sure, like, he's probably coming from, uh, from, you know at this angle of like oh this is really intense and you talk about the music but everybody laughed and you're just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of funny because it's yeah. just really weird why are you why are you dudes screaming like, <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh that piece was too long it was like 20 minutes yeah it was pretty long it was, it was it's some really cool parts though that was definitely the closest to like legitimately micro tunnel shredding because uh, he had like the quarter tone guitar um, yeah, so he busted out this this Ibanez that had, a, you know, a, a, a quarter tone fret neck on it. That was actually, I was really curious if he got that from Ron Sword or who made that for him. Mm. Um, maybe we can email him or something. Yeah, he's on Facebook. You, yeah. can, yeah, you can message him. Um, that's how I heard about this, like... Uh, you know how, like, you know, you have friends from, like, college or whatever, but, like, you're not sure if they're still following you because at some point everyone's just like, this dude doesn't say anything interesting or I don't know, you know, whatever. Well, it's like just we like, live in other places. Right, I don't right. need you crowding up my feed yeah, because that's I Sometimes, really just want to know what's going on in New York. Exactly. And, like, uh, and, and Travis, like, he doesn't, uh, and, I mean, it's also hard to tell because, you know, you don't know what the algorithm is doing as far as, like, sometimes right. people will just disappear and you're like, are they not posting? Or is Facebook just like, you clearly aren't interested in that? And I was like, actually... <laughs> Facebook. Like, you the don't know me. Do you know. You don't know me, computer. You know me, Facebook. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah. So like he, I've I've occasionally seen him post about this group, and so I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like he's doing stuff you would expect someone to do who went through music school and didn't necessarily want to play classical guitar because he'd always been into metal and stuff. Uh, but like was into the stuff you encounter in music school which is new music and you're and you know at some point you end up going to for whatever reason either because you have to play in one or you know somebody who's doing a, a recital and they have a piece in it you know you, you you get exposed to that stuff and some people are like oh this is the cool most interesting music ever and some people are like 
what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and I was kind of in the middle where I would be like, uh, okay, that was interesting. But like at some point, you know, I've, I've always had a thing about like, like, yeah, I'm into really cool, interesting music, but I also fully understand there are certain things that the average person just doesn't want yeah. going in their ears. And they're just like, ah, why, why am I going to like, it's like, yeah, but you gotta like, you know, you really gotta, you gotta give it a chance to soak in so you can get it. It's like, you don't though. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can, you can, but if you don't hear anything there that you think is going to pan out, you don't have to at it's all. It's a calculated risk. <laughs> it was like, we were talking about the, the Stockholm syndrome, especially with like the Fernie Howe. Yeah. But, well, so we'll get to that. So yeah, the yeah. next, so then the next piece was, uh, what did I wrote this down? I I called it um, <laughs> Blair Witch Project the musical. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's by uh, just give me the credits quick. It's by Lu- uh, Luciano Chessa. It's called Inkless Imagination Eight for Jeffrey Hartman (parentheses the boy of Winander. and it was <laughs> it was the set. It was uh, a I think they said it was Wordsworth. A poem and it was the setting that text but the weird thing was that they read the text first which is good because you couldn't hear it the rest of the time yeah because they didn't really recite it into microphones when they actually when the t- text actually came up in the piece um so, and, and then yeah and then so then the piece was like they turned off all the lights all right and then the guitar player got a one of those like mag flashlights like you know, the kind you can kill someone with if you hit mm-hmm. them. Gigantic flashlight and shined it at the percussionist who walked around and put electronic toothbrushes on things so that they would vibrate and make weird noises. <laughs> and so, like, a lot of time, most of the visual information was was not actually in him shining the flashlight on him, but, like, the silhouette that was created by mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Especially when... They went up into the balcony where we could not see them. Yeah, and all you could see was the shadow. There were like stations throughout the right, room. It was stations of the cross of the Blair Witch Project, <laughs> the musical. Yes. Which, it's, I mean, in, in one way it was like, okay, you get kind of a surround sound effect, right? Because stuff coming yeah. from different directions. Uh, they also had, uh, or at least I saw Travis put on um, like these yeah, jingle, ankle bells. jingle bells so that as they walked around, it it made like it sounded like santa was was performing the piece uh <laughs> or some from reindeer yes um, or like or like i had this dog and her tags would jingle like that so it just sounded to me like a dog, yeah. like a dog walking around but it was like i mean there were parts of it that were cool um but it was also kind of long and there's a lot of time taken up walking well, between right here's, stations. Well, here's the thing what they did was they went and it was like they went to one thing and they made it vibrate and then they left it vibrating and they went to the next thing and made that vibrate and left it and went around. And so they started everything up and then they then went back and to each one and stopped them. Right. Mm. And so, right. Like there's, this actually isn't a terrible premise mm-hmm. for a piece. What, because what you, if they had done, so like you said, the effect that you got was the locality. Right. So first of all, some of the sounds were really weird. There was one. The thing that was in the balcony, which we couldn't see, mm. was, I think, a super tight drum head, which had this weird effect of a sounding like doing a roll on a drum head. But it also sounded like that thing where when you play violin, you play it super slow, but you push down really hard on the bow. So it makes a sub harmonic. It sounded like that. And I was like, oh, mm. that's actually a really cool sound. But it doesn't go anywhere, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. it's just, you just hear, it just keeps going and, yeah. and, it, and doesn't change. So if they had done, what I would have done is I would have had more things, right? And like played down the locality, right? Because you, first of all, you don't know what space your crap's going to get performed in forever. Yeah. I would have played down the locality and I would have done more things so that the aggregate sound would have actually been. Because you could always still hear it as each of the distinct things, mm-hmm. but if they had done like enough layers and uh, like you could have gotten this actually like really cool like aggregate wall of sound thing going on, but mm-hmm. they didn't do anything like that. It was more, I felt like again it was more about like the flashlight than about <laughs> yeah you know, that, like seriously it was like a performance piece about silhouettes yeah as opposed to like a piece of music like if you had a recording of this it would literally be like 
you would have to be so high to, to be like, I'm going to sit here and listen to this. You would need to be like on something that contributes a lot more to the experience. You need to be like on like shrooms or acid or something. Right, and right. like, and it would be tangential sound coming right, from, right, man. Right. You'd be like, is it coming from inside me? This is going to enhance my trip as opposed right. to this trip's going to enhance right, this music. Right. Yeah. Like it was, like it was weird. Yeah. Um, so and so then the other thing about when you do stuff like that is when it's over it's just kind of like okay it ended now because it was like like, that last thing you turned it off okay yeah i was thinking the other thing they maybe could have done although it would have probably involved something other than electric toothbrushes if they had something where they could actually control how long it vibrated so that stuff shuts off on its own or the speed oh yeah yeah right, that because too. most tooth like mine well so here's the deal mine has a fast a slow and then like a speeding up and slowing down mm-hmm. so like yeah you probably if you'd rigged them together somehow that you could like you know speed them up and slow them down right right like that would be cool so also, also another uh a way to a good way to do that is we were initially like what are they they're putting some kind of vi- are they using vibrators? Yeah, and, you, right. and I was like, oh, they're electric toothbrushes. And you're like, yeah, so a vibrator you can take on a plane. It's <laughs> like, yeah, well, at, which actually, who knows? Maybe the original, maybe when they perform it in San Francisco, it's a know, little edgier. Maybe got some uh, different take on it. Maybe although again, it's you can't really see that part, so it's a little right. It literally wasn't like, until they w- went like. They'd put stuff on maybe three or four things. It yeah. was like the fifth thing I when think, we finally right. figured out that there was, it was this electric. Big ass like bass drum that I think was the last station because yeah. it was the one that he put stuff on and then took it off. What was with the blanket? Oh, they I like put stuff on and then they like started to cover half of it with a gigantic blanket. Oh, and I'm like, this isn't doing anything. Yeah, maybe because the composer thought it would do something and it. Or like he fundamentally didn't understand that the sound from a drum actually comes out the bottom. <laughs> yeah. He's like, maybe if you cover the top and, the, and like nothing was happening. And I'm like, Wait, is this is this supposed to be a metaphor for like hooding a druid? Like I'm like, like because again, Blair Witch Project, I'm like, they're right. I'm like, they're in the woods, right? Like this is this is in the woods yeah. or in their snowy woods, as you can tell by the reindeer approaching. Like, no, it's like this thing is like super black metal, but like way less interesting. <laughs> uh it's really weird that was a a weird one that was probably uh i mean the fernie how i was like uh i was again i kind of wanted to say to see it just to be like well i want to just see what happens when this goes in my ears see you know? what happens uh just see what happens i knew i you're right you, you have more experience with Fernie Howe. like i i know enough to to, to kind of knew that that was what, what i was gonna get but i you know i hadn't heard any in a long time so i was like whatever let's see what this is and also i don't know if that might have they might have it, it might be a new Fernie Howe piece that they commissioned probably um although still you know <laughs> so how, how can you prove that <laughs> yeah like right right um, you literally play anything right. uh, yeah and that piece was like yeah yeah again no landmarks no signposts yeah it was really just a lot of like yeah stuff happens okay and then at some point things stop happening and it's over and yeah it sounded like a shreds video yeah but yeah 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 i don't know but like i was saying i was saying at the show the thing is i recently heard some discussions about people about how basically they came to I don't know if love is the appropriate word, but be into Fernie Howe, and they were basically describing Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> like, yeah. like which you know is a, is was the topic on our guilty pleasures or a theme of our guilty yeah. pleasures episode, and you know it's just one of those deals where you know again my explanation last night is you do this thing right where you're in some ensemble and you're spending an inordinate amount of time to play this Fernie Howe piece to practice it to learn it whatever. And I, I just feel like it's a self-defense mechanism where you say, what am I doing with my life? Right. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. So in order to feel like you did not just waste an inordinate amount of time to play some total fucking bullshit, you end up being like, you know what? Now that I think about it, this is actually amazing and totally not a waste of time. Because <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. I literally never met anyone who didn't play for anyhow who enjoyed yeah. it and i mean and 
if I were to meet someone to make that claim, I'd be like, you're a troll. I would be, I would be convinced that they were either so fucking pretentious that they want to take this position like, like just to either be counter or to be like, I think you just don't understand it the way I understand it. Right. Yeah. But I, if anyone tried to make those arguments, I'd be like, why are you trying to troll me, bro? Yeah. Like, this is yeah. not cool. It's well, the other, uh, Stockholm syndrome comparison that I recently stumbled on was, uh, this article, uh, that I shared where somebody was basically trying to def defend young thug <laughs> and their entire premise was that how they got into cannibal corpse. And it was interesting because, uh, okay. So first of all, there's the obvious metalhead response, which I like, uh, Part of which is valid and part of which is, you know, metalheads being dipwads and just like, yeah, you don't get metal, bro. But in this case, it was like, I don't think you listen to metal like at all other than you got into this one Cannibal Corpse album once. And that was the story was basically I got this Cannibal Corpse album because <laughs> I used because I, I used to listen to a bunch of metal and somebody was like, yo, Cannibal Corpse is great. So I got this album and like the lyrics are all, you know, sort of horrific and violent and the lyric and the vocals are uh, incomprehensible and harsh. But after I listened to it for a bunch of time, I was kind of like, uh, I like this now. Like, that was the thing. There was no yeah. real, like, explanation of the merits. It was just the, the their entire thing was, their premise was, if you, you certain music you, you ha or certain art, you have to give a chance so that you can sort of absorb and understand what's going on. And while I think that is true in some cases... A, I don't agree that uh, if you immediately hear it and you just can't stand what you're hearing, that you're probably going to find anything by, like, forcing yourself to keep listening to it. Right. Well, it's also based on, I mean, this is biology, right? Yeah. So when you just look at how t music taste is cultural, right? Yeah. It's essentially, and also we know that music is a pattern recognition exercise that when you recognize the patterns, it sets off the reward center in your brain. Yeah. And so that's the thing is you grow up listening to stuff and then most people just, it's like, I know that. And then they hear it and they're like, I, that's familiar. That's familiar. <laughs> and, and so, but you can do that. You can train your brain to do yeah. that. And if you just, you know, provided something does not like cause you to have a seizure upon hearing it or you know you have an intense pain in your ear because it's way too loud like you can train yourself to do this with anything and you'll eventually be like that's familiar yeah yeah even so, if it's harsh unintelligible right. noise and, and so the thing is like he's making this argument that i've heard so many times from metalheads because extreme vocals were for the longest time the big factor in like uh whether or not something was death metal yeah, or, yeah and like, and it's at some point it's that started to become ridiculous because there started to be death metal that if you took away the harsh vocals, you're like, this is butt rock. You know, this is like, well, in a lot in tons of stuff that's half and half, you know, yeah, like mercenary. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so, but this particular example was the worst. Cause it was like, first of all, it's cannibal corpse. Uh, and there are so many <laughs> examples of music with harsh vocals that absolutely fit what he's saying, where it's like, you do need, you give it time. There's complexity. There's interesting music. There's maybe even interesting things in the harsh vocals. Uh, like there are some people who do harsh vocals that are kind of intelligible. Like yeah. you can pick out some yeah, like, lyrics like Dan Swano. Yeah. Um, and so, but I was like, you picked the worst example, a cannibal right. corpse. Like, no, there's nothing. There's no special <laughs> magic secret hiding there. And it, that was his whole defense versus young thug. And I'm like, so what it sounds like is you don't understand metal or hip hop. And you're just really <laughs> big to jump on board with like, no, like, this is actually cool. You just got to give a chance because that's what everyone's saying about young thug and uh, future and the, the whole like mumble rap thing. You're like, no, 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 you still you still understand. They're like they're taking rap to a place where like doesn't matter if you understand the words <laughs> or if the words are dumb <laughs> they're like, like if yacht rocks on a boat trap is underwater <laughs> yeah uh just oh, record what was that other thing didn't was it somebody just record a whole album of us shouting underwater so it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was that thing last night about somebody went to see future oh and yeah, yeah, yeah it was like all yeah, white people yeah yeah so this colombian girl i know she was like yeah my sister went to see drake and future and she was like it's all it was all white people <laughs> and it was like yeah. yeah well that was like i watched this thing on there's this great vice series on trap 
it's especially great because they found the whitest dude on the fucking planet. Like this dude is like, if you're like, draw me a cartoon of a white nerd, <laughs> it looks like this guy. And he's so awkward <laughs> and he's constantly talking to dudes who could and would really not have a problem with shooting him. Right. They're just like, <laughs> like at one point they're in a parking lot and it's multiple episodes in. So like he should have gotten it by now, but it's vice. So there's a lot of people who like don't get anything. Right. And so it's, although he's obviously into hip hop, but at some point, Somebody like, you know, there's a something goes down, there's a shooting and then like it calms down uh, or it's like a few blocks away or something. And he goes to this dude and he's like, yo, do you know what happened? Like, do you know, like who got shot? Like, or like who, who shot him? And he was like, what? Like the dude, like, despite like, as he's like, you know, he's super high, he's, you know, smoking a joint and who knows whatever else he's, you know, he's got. But the dude like is simultaneously like the dude had enough of a sense of humor that he just laughed at him like like are you fucking kidding do you not understand that you are attempting to make me snitch right now right, like, that is yeah, the thing. Yeah. do you understand the basic functions of our culture right we was out of what? town right i don't know anything about that because we was out of town do you know who did the shooting do you like, happen to no, know do you happen to know any details of any crimings that <laughs> right, may like, have happened so do you know maybe who is responsible for crimes around here? like like what so yeah so i was just like anyway so but the interesting part about the trap scene was the take on it was partially that they basically circumvented uh, the music industry by develop, you know, generating their own scene uh, and that they don't need any outside, uh, you know, like advertising, or whatever, like the, the whole idea that they're like, they, it's uh, basically this Atlanta trap scene selling to the Atlanta trap scene. Right. And that's true to a degree, but not anymore because these dudes got super famous and you can't be super famous and like your only fans are in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Like that's not how that works. And usually what it is, is that the white people decided you're cool. And now there's all these young white people who are like, yeah, future or strap life. Or and you're somebody, like, what? Or somebody was like, we can monetize this. Right, right, right exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Somebody but, was right, like, this is the next new thing. And that's no, but the- that was but that was the whole thing about um like hip hop in the early nineties, right? Was mm. all these suburban white kids. Oh, all yeah, of a sudden yeah, exactly. were like Snoop and Dre or yeah. Master right, P or whatever. The whole history of hip hop is like, like what? But when shit gets really big, it's because you got those suburban white kids on board. You got that suburban white kid money. Yeah, exactly. You got that disposable income. So similar to that. There's a whole lot of white people defending mumble rap these days, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's the result of Stockholm Syndrome and just like, I like the new cool thing too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love music about selling drugs and making drugs and buying drugs. I can, re- I can relate to all of this. This speaks to my, <laughs> speaks to to my, my experience. experience. Um, yeah. So, uh, Fernie Howe. <laughs> Fernie Howe speaks to my experience of being around pretentious bullshit at conservatory. Exactly. Um, oh shit. I should, that should be, if I had like a, if I had like a bizarre new music radio show, yeah, my, uh, DJ name could be Fernie Howe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fernie how? Yeah. Um, if you just do like a tribute piece where you just like play like random guitar. Like I wrote a, a guitar piece as a tribute to Fernie Howe and then you just play, play whatever the fuck you feel well, like. I feel like the thing is, I feel like Fernie Howe is now antiquated because of the black midi scene. Oh, uh, yeah. Because to me, that's, that's like. That's a good point. That's like the thing. Yeah. Right? And, and Fernie Howe feels half-assed. Her, Fernie Howe feels like an elaborate joke to get people to waste their time because of because like the black midi scene is a first of all much more effective expression of that sentiment yeah and it requires wasting no one's time no because you don't have yeah. to fucking learn it yeah it's just the synthesizer plays it but it's the same effect see then this is the thing again like why I always cite Zanakis right because Zanakis is like essentially piano concerto i'm probably saying this wrong because i don't speak greek but i think it's called cinefy um the piano parts notated across 10 staves and it says play as much of it as you can right he's polite <laughs> enough to be like okay no i understand like you can't actually play this so the point is like what happens when you try to and that's the same thing with the black midi is it's like your computer can't 
actually <laughs> synthesize all these notes yeah. in the time frame. And so it's going to do some weird thing where it does, it's neither all of them nor a subset. It's this weird side effect that happens when you try to do something you can't. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, yeah. So yeah, I feel like Fernie Howe wasn't even, that was, that was a dead end. Fernie Howe was a yeah. dead end. Xenakis was the path to the future. Mm, yeah. Via MIDI. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So yeah, that was, uh, that, that show pretty much. Um, uh, if you want to check them out, their website is thelivingearthshow.com. Uh, the they new play album. a lot of shows in San Francisco. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they play shows in San Francisco. I, I'm, that seems to be their main their main thing. Um, and the album is called uh, Dance Music. Yeah, it'll be out by the time you hear this podcast. Yeah, because the show we went to was the release party. But the album doesn't really? actually come out for another couple of days. He oh, was yeah. saying, he was like, I think I have physical copies oh, in my yeah, bag. Yeah. And people were like, you should get those out and sell them. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that would be a good thing to have for a release party or <laughs> compact discs. Are you going to release anything at this party, seeing as how it's a release party? <laughs> cool. So uh, did we have any other pressing current music stuff we want to talk about? I really, I really want to do the Metallica I know, episode. I kind of want to do a whole thing. episode, though. Yeah, I know. I mean, we'll start with the new one and then, I don't know, maybe work our way back through their failures or something like that. <laughs> Right. Until we get to the stuff that also sucks. <laughs> right. We can just go in chronological order. It's right. not hard. Be like, there, we can play like, we can play like the one new, the first new Metallica single, right? Yeah. Be like, this shit's in the news. And then go through the whole thing and then like play the other one. Just yeah. Like, oh, I got, I, garbage. um, so, uh, interest. So this, this is related to both topics. Uh, so I listened to a, it was NPR or like some subset of NPR, because uh, I think they might have, or maybe they, they did it by, they probably did it by uh, online or like remotely. Uh, but uh, so the Living Earth Show did an NPR, like classical music uh, podcast or something. And I listened to it. And at some point they started talking about Metallica and Travis is talking about how much he, he really likes Lars because <laughs> it's one thing when you can hear somebody who's like a really good player, but a lot of really good players you know, they're playing stuff that's like not even half of what they're capable of because it's, you know, cohesive music. Right. And so he said, it's, it's a whole other thing when you hear someone constantly playing at, at the, the edge, limit of, at the their, edge of their, their abilities, abilities or slightly past them. <laughs> and I was like, that is the best description I've ever heard of Lars. And he's like, no, I really like the guy. I really like it. It's just something about, and I'm like, that's exactly the reason I don't like him, but like I respect your analysis. Absolutely, he's constantly lagging behind this band yes. that's really not that great. Yeah, and the um, new song really—you can hear—you can hear Lars sucking on the new song because I think they maybe tried to do the same thing like Meshuggah did, but you know they're not Meshuggah, but, but like they're not good at music. Yeah. Um. So I, I got to get kind of serious and political here for a minute. So uh -huh. the, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on you know the uh, a lot of breast cancer awareness stuff you see it on um wwe you see it on nfl right a lot of people talk about um you know is the nfl actually doing this to raise awareness or is it one of these things where they're trying to soften their image and and sort of seem more palatable despite the fact that this is like inherently a really violent thing and you end up with cte and stuff and like how much of the money that they're raising between like putting pink on everything and selling stuff actually ends up with, with, uh, with breast cancer, um, charities and things like this. And, uh, I just want to point out though, that this is how far, you know, um, the message has gone because, um, Juggalo news has posted in support of breast cancer <laughs> awareness month <laughs> and they say, check your boobs could save your life. Juggalos and, lo do love titties. And it is the picture of, two hands oh, like <laughs> grabbing some boobs supposedly and then the hatchet woman <laughs> so if you want to you want to check what? that out you should everyone should follow juggalo, wow. juggalo news on facebook yeah you can check this out i think uh i think your music is bad what wow. might be we might be going to the gathering oh, 2017 yeah. Yeah, that's a good Den point. I didn't, even, I didn't even consider it from that perspective. I didn't even think about how technically it's 
podcastable. It, is, it is literally. It's beyond highly. It's extremely podcastable. It is the most podcastable event, basically, on earth. Yeah. There's no more podcastable event yeah. than the Gathering of the Juggalos. Shit. Yeah, we might re- we really probably got to go to that now. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, you know. It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> or something. It's in Colorado. Yeah. Um, I was like, I was thinking like, but do we got to try to go like incognito? Like, we don't, I don't know if we, or do we want to stick out like a sort of thought? Because I don't know. Oh, I, dude, I, if I put on a mesh cap, yeah. I look like total white trash. Oh yeah. Also, I'm so thin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, no, it'd be easy to go like, like the, under the radar. The only, the problem, the, I don't have any tattoos. Yeah. But I could just pretend that I'm too broke. I can't like afford tattoos. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have sleeves, you know. <laughs> I don't if I'm mean, wearing like, clothes. sleeves. No, yeah, but I think it's clothes. mandatory that I wear like ratty jeans and no shirt. I feel like that's oh, okay. the dress code. I mean, I was planning to wear a shirt, but I mean, it's no, really, For, if you're the same a, thing, though. If you're a super fat guy, you wear a shirt. Right? It's yeah. like it's like pool rules, right? Yeah. Like if you're a super fat guy, you wear a shirt, but, uh, I you mean, get a I bunch guess, of temporary tattoos. I guess maybe if I had like a hatchet man shirt with the sleeves cut off <laughs> and I just like leave it in the washer for like two weeks straight. Yeah. So it's like faded. So it looks like I've worn it all the time. Is anybody like, um, hilariously out of place playing next year? Oh, there's always somebody like, right. co- like that, like Coolio. Like, yeah, no, I would be totally down to see if it was like. So here's the here are the ones that they've had previously who I would want to see. Coolio, Ice Cube, Tech Nine, um <laughs> Tequila Tequila. Uh the thing was she went to high school with um with uh, Shaggy's wife. I think that's how <laughs> that whole thing happened. What? Um yeah. And then um Jesus, they have four stages? Yeah, but I just want to hang out at Juggalo Championship Wrestling. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the One True Matt and the podcast at YMIB Podcast. You can also like us on Facebook and please send us any suggestions you have for things you'd like us to review, analyze, or shit on.